What's up, guys? Roy here, and you were listening to the Balanced Mail podcast series. Now, originally, this episode was going to be a dad talk, but um, the uh, dad in question for tonight had to reschedule, and uh, it's all good. You know, that happens, especially, you know, this dad is a dad of three kids. I mean, that's a lot of stuff that can, you know, happen and life happens and things like that. And, um, you know, I'm left with, you know, two hours of time and a cooler filled with beer and the creative juices were flowing. So I figured I would um, record an episode for you guys. And um, in this one, I'm sort of just going to be talking about another chapter in my can't all be bullshit book slash episodes that I'm doing for here. And for those of you that um, don't know what I'm talking about, I, uh, you know, I've been sharing aspects of my life in church, things I've experienced, things I've learned, stuff like that, and been writing it all down over the course of the last couple of years and just starting to share it little episode by episode, chapter by chapter. And um, in this episode, this talk, I'm going to be talking about how just this aspect of our church that I (laughs) used to think we were special in, but um, realize we're not, and uh, realize that a lot of churches do this. Um, But basically, in this, I'm going to be talking about how we were following sort of one man with one mission and one vision and how how that played out in our church how it felt how it affected how we saw the bible how we saw god how we saw life how i see that playing out in churches all over the world sort of what i saw as negative there's not another word i can really think about that and just kind of just all about that so here we go now our church although was huge like huge to the point where i was reading some document a month or so ago and it said at one point our church had 700,000 members all over the world, and we were considered one of the, the fastest-growing churches at the time. And I think about that number, and I'm just always blown away uh, just by how many. I mean, you know, I've, I've been in, been in megachurches, seen megachurches, and it was like five, ten thousand 10,000 people. And just to think that, that, our, that our church had 700,000 members all over the world— is mind-blowing to me because it was started and founded and led essentially by one man. And this one man had this one idea on how it should be. And all of us started following it. And, you know, every church has a pastor. Every church has a leader, right? It's not uncommon. That's, That's just how it is. And we go on Sundays and we sit and listen to somebody talk and about one particular part of church and I'm not going to go like too in depth 
about that, but really, I mean, that, that's just how it is. But, but like this, this, I mean, this guy founded this thing and we all followed it like to the, to the letter. I mean, there were so many things that were, were from him. Um, you know, the mission was started by him. What, what he felt that we needed to be doing for, you know, for the world, his belief on God, um, the studies, <laughs> the studies that, and I talked about the studies in a previous episode, uh, before you got baptized, you know, you had to, you had to kind of take all these studies to show that you were ready to, to be baptized, but they were all written by him. Um, the tone of things were from him. The, 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 I mean, we had other authors from books. I mean, we, we did have, by the way, our church did have its own publishing company at one point, but, um, but really everything fed to this man's idea on how people should essentially follow follow God. And I think that's where people call our church a cult and call churches like ours a cult because of just the power that we, whether we knew it or not, that we gave this guy. Um, and we gave him power by following, by listening, by, you know, staying in line, by doing the work, by doing it all. And, um, you know, it's just, it was just such a, it's such a crazy thing to think. And, 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 you know, we can talk on other episodes and I can share about sort of how it gets to this. But I mean, really, that's, that's just what this was. It was, it was, whether or not we knew it, it was his church. It was his, his vision. We weren't worshiping our way. We were worshiping his way, whether we knew it or not. And I will argue that forever. And you know what? I see this a lot in 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 other churches, which which honestly I talk about how I, I didn't feel special after this, but I really didn't. And it, it bummed me out, which is funny that this bummed me out, but it bummed me out when I started seeing like other mega church pastors doing the same thing that you know this guy did. <laughs> and it just made me think that that we're all doing it. We're all following people's vision for what what we should you know what we how we should follow god um you know and it's 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 easy it's easy to do this it's easy to to follow someone like this it's it's easy to get caught up and people all the time will talk about how weak-minded people are when they get caught up in stuff like this and and how you know, you know, when people end up in, in churches like this, it's like, I've heard people say like they deserve it because they're stupid. And and I'm like, you know, that hurts my heart to hear. Um, because it's just, it's easy. I think it's easy to get caught up in this. I mean, for one, it it takes out most of the work. (laughs) I mean, it takes out most of the work. You know, 
if if we had a question like how should we live what should we do well there was something that we could turn to that he wrote that said this or like with the studies that we would follow and it was it was his words and his sentences his sort of crafting of an idea that made it so easy for us you know why should i read the bible well let's look at this scripture that he wrote this and we would go to the scripture where it talks about the bible is the word of god and we would talk about the breath of god and things like that and this is why we should follow it and it would be like oh okay makes sense cool boom there we go got an answer and it's easy and it's easy to to do and and i think a lot of us get caught up in that because a lot of us want an easy way out an easy answer and that's okay to a point you know i'm not going to sit here and and argue that for people i mean i did it i love when things are easy i love when <clears throat> the other day when i had to fix my windshield cuz a giant crack was in it i called my insurance company they handled it I made an appointment, went, dropped my car off, got it two hours later, and my car was fixed. It's easy. It was great. Amazing. You know, we love fast food for that. We love ready-to-eat meals. We love going shopping for clothes and knowing exactly what we're going to get. Like, it's awesome, right? And it's awesome in a lot of ways that somebody did all the work. And, you know, all we got to do is listen and follow. And it's also easy for us when, you know, when the speaker is charismatic. You know, we love, we love charismatic people. I do. I've, I've watched so many speakers and they use, and when they use the words and, Oh, and they're powerful, and they're using these cool sentences and cool metaphors and all that stuff. I mean, I love it. We love it because it makes things make sense, and it's easy for us to follow that. You know, and this guy was charismatic, and he used his views and ideas. You know, he was a powerful speaker. This guy had such a way of of crafting these messages for us that were so impactful and so just got to the point that it was just like, yes, yes. I remember, I mean, I've, I saw this guy preach as a kid and I, even as like a nine-year-old, you know, most of the time you're like, I don't want to be in here, but I'm listening to this guy. And I was like, I don't understand what he's saying, but the way he's speaking, I think he's right. Okay, cool. Let's do it. You know, I mean, we would get so caught up in that. And he made, you know, and, and these charismatic speakers, they make you feel like you're a part of something. Right? Like, that's why these mega churches work. That's why these this this whole stuff is because is, is you feel like you're a part of something. You know, I felt it. We felt it. We felt counterculture. Right? People love to feel counterculture, a part of something different, a part of something that's going in a different direction than the world. I mean, that's why punk rock's so great to listen to because you get caught up in it and you feel like you're doing something different, right? You know, we were we were counterculture. We were part of this cool thing and we were going to save the world. And that's how we felt all the time. I felt it as a kid. 
I felt it as a high school student. I felt it as an adult. All of us felt that's what we were going to do. That's why our church was so huge. That's why we were able to, to, to follow. That's why we did things this way because we were we were gonna save and he made us believe that and you know i i mean sometimes i miss it i'm not gonna lie i was thinking about that today you know just just being a part of something makes us feel good it makes our life it gives our life meaning you know being a part of something that's bigger than ourselves, you know, <laughs> even something like a going to a Taylor Swift concert. I mean, those girls feel that they are, <laughs> I mean, it blows my mind how much money they spend on Taylor, Taylor Swift. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and look, I love her music. Paper Rings by Taylor Swift is a great song. Style. But I just, you know, you watch how they get, these girls get caught up and then they dress and talk and think, you know, they join her fan group because they're a part of something and it speaks to them and it means something to them and it's cool and it can be scary, right? Because she can say something and she has, she has power, right? You know, he had so much, and this guy had so much power over us, you know, and, and so much power and so much, like, he was able to to do and to say whatever. And so, like, but then I think about this, and then I think, well, why is this such a problem, right? Because in life, you know, there's a lot of areas of life that we need a leader. We need someone or we need one person, that one person to to, to follow. Like or, or or not even one person. Like let's say we need a singular focus, right? You know, in sports, we need that, right? We don't need the players doing their own thing. We need to, you need to listen to the coach. Excuse me. That beer. But we you know, what I'm saying, like the players need to listen to the coach because it doesn't work if they don't do what the coach says, right? I think in war, the same thing. Singular focus. More people die if we don't listen or don't follow. I'm not gonna. I'm not advocating for war. It's just ideas that popped in my head. Hey, I'd love it if you have another one that I could, you know, DM me or comment on something on Instagram and let me know. But yeah, in war. If these guys don't follow their sergeant, more people will die. So singular focus. Survival situation, right? You need to know where you're going. Follow singular focus. We want to survive. We want to live. What do we need to do to live? We need this one person maybe to tell us and we'll go, right? Hiking, directions, just stuff like that. There's a lot of areas that we need a singular focus listening to one person. But I don't believe that church is that place. <clears throat> I don't, in, in my experience, I think what, when you have it so focused on what this one person is saying, what you create is a rigid structure. 
There's no room for flexibility. There's no room for questions. There's no room for real thought-provoking discourse. Um, no engagement, really. Because it's, there isn't... I mean, you're, you engage, but it's only to a point. And then it, everything becomes this face value sort of atmosphere. You're taking everything for face value. Instead of researching and, and diving deep into this Bible and this faith and this religion, you're just, what he, this person says is goes. Um, and I don't believe that faith or the Bible should ever be a face value thing. It's supposed to be something that's questioned, engaged, wrestled with, and studied. The more and more that I, the more and more I, I, I look at this topic, and I, and you know, I'm becoming a huge nerd on sort of the Bible structure, how we got the Bible, right? The Bible that we read today. How did we get that? You know, I'm on podcasts. I'm reading books. I'm, I'm doing so much and. This is a text that was crafted for engagement. It was crafted for digging. It was crafted for discovery. It was not crafted for something that you take one sentence and base everything off of. And what I mean by that is, is a lot of times you'll go to these sermons and they do one scripture and it's 45 minutes on this one scripture. And, and I don't think that that's necessarily what it was. I mean, this is an ancient text that was written thousands of years old <laughs> in an ancient language, right? That and, and, and I'm sorry, but as I get older, like I, I have to trust that this person has done the work. And I don't think that, I know that this guy didn't do the work in the way that is for our highest good. He did the work to craft an idea for us to follow. You know, and, and I think that, um, sorry, I'm trying to read my writing here. You know, and it's funny because it, so some of you might chuckle because, well, yeah, I'll talk about this now because it's like we discover this, this like, I'm, I'm spending this entire, I just had this, this thought that I'm, I'm doing this entire chapter episode on one man, one vision, vision, one mission, when the entire New Testament is following one man, one vision, one mission. Huh, that's interesting. Hmm, we'll come back to that. Anyway, no, we won't. I'll talk about it right now because as I've read the Gospels in this, I, you see that they're following this one person, but this one person, you know, Jesus, there was flexibility, there was a digging, there was a diving, and there was a lot of like, what do you think? You know, questioning, bringing it back to them. It wasn't just people follow. I mean, people did follow him because of the things that I'm saying. He was charismatic. He was healing. He was helping. He was doing all this stuff. 
but there there are a lot of examples in the Bible of you know Jesus bringing it back, like sort of like not pushing back, but just you know they would question, and then he would say, well, "What do you think?" Like when the the apostles were talking to him about um, you know some people call him Lord Lord, he says, "Well, who do you think I am?" And I think that is that's one of those questions that I think good leaders, good people should ask, not good people, like, I don't know, it just engages the right type of thinking, because it's not just him saying, no, I'm God, he's like, well, what do you think? And I don't think I was ever really asked that in a way that was was an open, like, left room for discovery, so, I don't know, there we go. Sorry for that sidetrack. Thanks for listening to me. But that's just what I think when it comes to the thought of, well, we have an entire Bible based on one guy. But anyway, so I digress. Um, but back to the Bible and back to this it, faith, it is it is just, it is designed for engagement. And it's designed for personal engagement and personal discovery and you just never like there wasn't any room for that honestly i think that you know for us there was no room there was room to question but you really had to be careful about the questions that you said um and you really had to i don't know like be ready i mean i I, I, st- I questioned until I realized that there wasn't a point to it. I think I got tired of questioning because they would always lead me to like, you're not praying hard enough. You're not reading the Bible enough. You don't get it. All that stuff. And it just... It just never, it just, there there wasn't, there wasn't room to question. And that's dangerous. That is dangerous. That is how so many terrible things have happened in this world. When we followed people based on that idea that there was no room to question, you just followed, right? So yeah, questioning is very important, especially when it comes to the Bible. And now I've been reading this book that's been kind of helped as an inspiration for this part of the podcast. And it's this book by this guy called Marty Solomon, who has, he has a podcast called the Bayma podcast, which is really cool. And he's a, uh, I think, would I call him a Bible scholar? I think he's a, that's probably what he is. He's a theologian and he's a president and is director of discipleship for uh, impact campus ministries. Um, but this guy wrote this book that's called Asking Better Questions of the Bible. And he talks about, and in this book, which is a great book, I recommend that if any of you are like, you know, looking for good books to read about the Bible or are just like me and really want to understand more of the Bible, I think this book um, helps create a good framework for for that purpose but there's this 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 thing that sort of floored me and so he's talking about 
for instance, that the Bible was written to a Jewish audience. And so to the Jewish audience, um, numbers were important. Uh, and so there's, there's the story of Jesus when he's feeding the 5,000. And he's talking about how a Jewish reader would, would read this particular parable or this part of Jesus' story. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase it. And Marty, thank you for letting me use this. I've, I, I really recommend you guys go on to find this book. But it says, To a Jewish reader, the story of Jesus feeding 5,000 in Galilee with five loaves and two fish is full of meaningful numbers. For example, five represents the Torah. Torah is the first five books of the Bible as, as we know it. 1,000 is a numerical representation of a people or group. So 5,000, five times 1,000 would mean the people of the Torah because of the number five. And then two represents the tablets of Moses. So Jesus, so this entire story is riddled with numbers and metaphors, which means Jesus is feeding the people of the Torah with the law, and there's enough left over to fill 12 baskets. Those 12 baskets are representing the tribes of Israel. And so why this floored me is my first thought is like, well, what if that story isn't, didn't happen? <laughs> and we can wrestle and argue with that all day. But, but, you know, to us, we look at the Bible historically. Okay. So if, if he fed 5,000 people with the fish, then that's what he did. But maybe that's not what it was, and maybe maybe this was just a representation for the Jewish readers to see that Jesus was the Messiah that they were looking for, and they put these numbers and they crafted the story in a way that a Jewish reader would get it, right? Now, for those of you that aren't following me, I get it. For those of you that are like, what the fuck, I get it too, because I'm like, what the fuck? And nobody ever talked to me about this, and nobody ever, you know... Nobody ever, like, questions these things, right? We just read the Bible based on what someone said, and we make our assumptions based on what people say. We never really, like, engage with this, right? And, and there was no room for it. And, and, and what I'm trying to say is that this, this Bible, this faith, this religion, this thing is not something that we, can't, we, we need to question. We need to dig. We need to discover, Right? I have become, in my opinion, freer and more open and more loving, and my faith has grown the more that I have dug into things like this. Now, <clears throat> I wouldn't follow a man that's not doing that. I wouldn't follow him now because there's no space for something like this. It wasn't that kind of environment. So what I'm saying is you have to, if for him to have gotten as popular and for our church to be as big as it was, we couldn't spend time on stuff like this. It deviated from the mission. There's no time to talk about this. We need to say, no, Jesus did this. This is why Jesus was awesome. This is why what him dying was so impactful and powerful for us. And that's why we need to follow him. That's why we need to get baptized. We join the church. Now there's more people and we're going to do it. We're going to save in the world. 
Oh, man. I'm taking a swig. Beer after saying all that. So that's why I think it's not an environment like that is not helpful when it comes to faith and religion. An environment like that is only good when, I don't know, it's never good. (laughs) So, you know, and I hope that, like, my hope is that, you know, yes, I'm, I'm coming off talking about literally saying we shouldn't listen to pastors. My hope is that we're not getting to that point because like my like I titled this it can't all be bullshit. I don't think that that it's not that pastors are the problem. And it's not that the that, that listening to one person like y'all are doing right now to someone sharing their ideas about something is wrong. We need that, right? We need people to do the work, right? We need people to to study and we need people like so that we're looking at things in different ways, right? Authority isn't the problem. Authority isn't wrong. I think that some people though take that authority, take that knowledge, take that power and they use it for a singular focus and it's incredibly damaging especially when it comes to faith, especially when it comes to saying things like salvation, your eternal eternal damnation, right? I have been in years and years of therapy because of things like this. It's you can't you can't use it. You can't use this power. We we have we get used too much in life to get used in church for someone's fucking pocketbook or someone's fucking hubris okay so the culture that was created that was the problem. That was the part that I thought was bullshit. I think that I love discovering people that have new ideas and ways for me to look at stuff because, you know, our life isn't static, right? Life is constantly, you know, they're static and dynamic. It's like, move, you know, rigid or fluid or that's they believe it's a scientific term you know but everything's changing and growing who we are as a people and a society is totally different now than it was 10 years ago a year ago and i think that we need people to to go to sometimes and there's nothing wrong with that i just think that this isn't the place for that. This isn't the place. No, this is the place for people like to study and to grow and to share their ideas, right? Because this this should be the one place. I just think that like when it comes to church, when it comes to 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 Christianity, I mean, 
there should be participating. I think we should be participating in the discovery. I think that we should be engaging in it. That we shouldn't spend a lot of time listening to someone and taking it for face value. We should be looking into it as well, you know, and, and, you know, I've been thinking about what church, what I think a cool thing for church to look like. And I love the idea of, of it being Socratic in nature. And what I mean by that is just everyone, you know, putting forth ideas, thoughts on something, presenting with a topic, and then people chiming in. I think uh, what's pretty cool, the Quakers do this, and it's a really cool thing to um, be a participate in. Um, you know, the, the school that I'm working at now is a Quaker school, and we do Quaker meetings. And, you know, Quakers believe that um, everyone has a light inside them. That light is God, and the way for that light for God to speak is through silence. And so what Quakers will do is they will pose a query or a question or a topic, and then it's silent. And when people feel moved to speak about it, they get up and speak, and then someone else can speak. And, and it's it's really cool to be a part of that. And I think that church should be more like that. Church should be a place of discourse where we discuss the stuff, we talk about it. Someone shares, hey, I saw this, or hey, I read that. That's cool. What does that mean? I don't know. What do you think? Well, what do you think? And just this thing where, where we are a part of it more. You know, it should just be this mission as much as it is a discovery, a discovery zone. And for those of you who know what discovery zone is, that means you're older like me. But um, no, I don't mean a ball pit, <laughs> a place with, with with plastic tunnels and balls and stuff like that, but a place to just discover and to see how we can apply this stuff to our lives now and how is it speaking to us now. Because... The Bible and these things that I'm engaging with are speaking to me way differently than they did back then, and I think this is a, a better way. I mean, for me, and I—that's just what we need, you know. I think, um, you know, <laughs> I'll end with this because I think that the, <laughs> that I always feel bad for pastors or people that come to me with new ideas um, because since since I've left the church I tell people my bullshit monitor has just become you know Arnold Schwarzenegger strong and it's really hard for someone to, to reach me <laughs> I have to really like be patient because I'm just I'm always looking for like bullshit and like no you're wrong no you're wrong and, and so I think um for me, for me, what I found, and I think this has helped so that I'm not looking at everyone like an idiot because that's that's not. Because, guys, I, I don't know. I'm not the smartest guy in the room all the time. You know, I know it's a shocker. You guys are probably listening to me because of that. Um, but I'm not. And so I think what I do now it, when I approach anything new or I hear a sermon or I listen to somebody, I usually make notes of what I hear, something that goes, hmm, I don't know, or, oh, that's interesting. And for me, I just kind of take little notes, and then I just kind of go back at my leisure and look it up. And I think that has helped, because that's helped me find truth in a lot of different areas, because, you know, 
I think that's what I'm looking for. I think a lot of us are looking for that. It's helped me find truth. It's helped me just kind of like give me more engagement in the Bible, and it's helped me to study more and help me to, to kind of think for myself more, but in a more effective way where I'm not sort of like building a wall against everybody and saying like, no, you're wrong, I'm right, because that's where we can go with this, right? I mean, it's real easy for me to be like, no, you're a pastor, you're automatically wrong. But that's not what I believe. You know, I can't look at everybody like that. That is a terrible way to live. And that bullshit monitor needs to be put in check sometimes. And I think that as I've listened more and as I've paused for a second, I've found truth and I've found really powerful things in places that I probably would not normally have looked. So... You know, guys, I think, thank you. I'm, I'm ending it around here. I think that, um, you know, there's there's power in searching out for yourself. There's power in engagement. There's power in participation. Um, you know, yeah, we get caught up and we like it easy. But uh, I just don't think that, I don't think that it's this, this area of our life was supposed to be super easy, right? There's not a, a one pill one fixed to whatever this salvation is that we say. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for supporting me. Thank you guys for helping me to continue to have this space to share the stuff that I've come gone through, stuff that I'm going through, stuff that I've learned. And, you know, it's pretty cool. So I appreciate that. Look forward to next week for another dad talk. You know, and guys, if you like it, let me know. You can find me on Instagram at the Balance Mill Podcast. Um, and if you want, I'll, I'll put in the, the notes of the podcast, the book that I've been reading, uh, where to find the other podcasts. If you're interested in, in learning more about the Bible and things like that. Um, and yeah, if you don't like it, you know, it's cool. Remember, I'm not the source. I'm just a channel. Be excellent to each other, guys.